But where are you really from? But where are you really from? Hi, I'm Jesse Lynn. And I'm Angela Lynn. Welcome back to another episode of But Where Are You Really From? This week, I wanted to talk about something that I have been thinking about satisfaction and happiness in life and what that really means for each of us, especially once you've gone to a place as many of us have lucky to have been gone to a place where things are more comfortable in life in terms of your relationships, in terms of your career. And I definitely feel like there's this question that I am constantly asking myself with everything that I do is like, does this bring me joy? Like, do I want to keep doing this? Does this serve some kind of like higher happiness in my life? And so I've been really thinking about all those facets of my life deeply. And I feel like sometimes I get in a little bit of a rut thinking about what what things make me happy and what things don't. What about you? I feel like we've kind of had some conversations around this as well. Happiness is such a nebulous concept, honestly. Like, we've been sold by many different external factors like media and whatnot to think of a certain kind of thing as equaling happiness. So things like career success, finding romantic love, like if you're interested in having a family, having that, those kinds of things. But I feel like happiness is quite malleable, the definition per person. So for me, definitely my idea of happiness has changed a lot and it's still evolving. I I was really hardwired into thinking that happiness equaled success with job and money. But actually, the turning point for me where I was like, wait, this shit doesn't bring me any happiness is um, probably like the last year before I quit corporate life and did this podcast full time. I was on like quite a trajectory. Like as I got more promotions, like raises, like cool opportunities that I like finagled with whatever company I was at, the more I was like, wait, I'm still not happy. So every time I realized, wait, this stuff isn't permanent, like it doesn't make me happy long term. So I would say that was kind of the like first turning point for me where I was like, happiness does not equate all these like external things that I thought would bring me happiness. Yeah, I kind of agree. So you're kind of funneled down this like life path that's like career, relationship, family, buy property. And I think for both of us, in some respects, we've checked some of those boxes. And I just feel like, for example, when I closed out my apartment, like it wasn't the achievement that I, I felt like it should be. Like it didn't feel monumental as big as I imagined that it would be for the kind of achievement milestone that it has been set in terms of where your life goals are and such. I still feel like every day I constantly think about which things are making me happy and which things are not, or at least trying to be more choiceful in terms of doing certain activities over others. And I feel like one of the most challenging things is that it was, at least for me, I feel like it was really hard to see like an example of where you were going to go as a kid and like what that would look like in terms of personal happiness. Because I feel like all of what looked like happiness back then doesn't necessarily exist anymore. That makes sense? 
Yeah, I also feel like the way that we were brought up and taught by our parents about like what's important in life was never centered on happiness. It was centered on security. I think because scarcity was always kind of their like core mindset, that's kind of the reason why being able to show off things like an extra fancy job, an extra fancy car, an extra fancy house, whatever, was their mindset of what would be happiness is because it's like, oh, I'm so far away from scarcity that I must be happy. But for us, I guess that's not really a place that we can necessarily relate to because we didn't grow up in scarcity per se. Like we had pretty fortunate lives. Like we didn't grow up rich, but we certainly weren't poor. So we were well off enough that we never had to worry about if there would be food on the table or if we could make rent, whatever. So if you're already at this baseline where like you're not in survival mode, then we have the ability to do what we're constantly doing on this show, which is like kind of pondering what else there is. And so I guess like the idea of trying to find what brings you happiness is only feasible if you're already not in that kind of scarcity, like survival mode mindset. The thing that definitely clicked for me, which I know doesn't necessarily resonate for everybody, but you know, as we get older, we talk a lot about this like self-growth and like turning inwards stuff, right? And for me, spirituality, but not in like a religious sense. And if you remember from our episode with Sandeepa, she said something about the definition of happiness, which is actually just funny enough because she's not Buddhist, the very Buddhist mindset, which is that happiness is just kind of staying balanced. In Buddhist thinking, actually, happiness is like the void, like where you have no suffering. And suffering comes from both actual painful experiences and also desiring stuff constantly because you suffer when you don't have the thing you want, right? So you're always kind of like putting yourself in a place of suffering. So when you're not constantly pining over something that you don't have, or you're not constantly kind of like noodling in the misery of like something bad that's happened to you, you're just in this more neutral state. And that neutral state is kind of the definition of happiness in Buddhist mentality. And you don't have to be a Buddhist to kind of subscribe to that. I, I feel like the more I've been working on my own self-growth, especially related to kind of like emotional equilibrium, like trying not to get like too upset about certain things or like too unbalancedly like excited about stuff that shouldn't be that way. The more I start subscribing to this idea of like happiness is just like being, you know, this chill state because what, what really is happiness? So it's like highs you have never last. So like, how can that be happiness? Because you're always chasing that high that you're never going to be able to sustain past like a short period of time. So for me, it's been, I've been gravitating towards that definition of neutral level being what happiness is. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Hey listeners, wondering how you can support us? The biggest way is by increasing our visibility by following us on Instagram at where are you from pod, on TikTok at but where are you really from, subscribing to our YouTube channel under but where are you really from podcast, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends. The more people we can get to listen to the show, the more we can continue spotlighting different perspectives and stories. And if you feel so inclined, we're also accepting donations at buymeacoffee.com slash where are you from. Thanks y'all. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I even think about it just in regular conversations that we have with friends where it's like the emotional hangover. So you have like a really super great weekend. And then going from that into just a regular week, you just feel like, ooh. Or you have a really terrible time and you're going to a regular week and it somehow feels better. But the, it's kind of like the juxtaposition of the things like sways your perception of what normal feeling is. I also kind of want to go back and visit, revisit what we're talking about with parents as a model, because I feel like one of the things that we, I don't know if you do, but I still don't really talk to my parents about like what makes them happy. And I feel like this is something that you, I have sometimes seen in Western media where people talk about their feelings and what makes them joyous and whatever. And I don't know if that's like real or not, but I just feel like those are initial starter conversations to have to build a framework of like what makes you joyous and what makes you not. And I feel like sometimes when we talk about it in, in the context of our parents, it sounds like they're like joyless people and or they're not happy. And I, I don't think that's the case. I just feel like they find happiness in small things. And those are not necessarily something that you're like bringing up to people, right? So like, Earlier today, I was just walking back from the gym, and the weather was really nice, and the sun felt really nice, and I was just like, this is very, I'm having a really nice moment, and it's just like a short little walk back to my apartment. But it's like not something that I would like, call my mom and be like, oh my god, I had a really great walk today. And so I feel like that, that's a little bit missing for me, that I've, I don't think I had many of those conversations growing up with my parents about like what made you happy in a moment. And also, like, what made you sad? I don't know if you also had moments like this, but sometimes there, there have been very seldom moments where I've seen my parents very emotional, and I'm just kind of, like, in shock in the sense that, like, I don't normally see them emotional, and I always, like, don't really know what that's in response to or, like, how they are really feeling outside of the, you know, what you can see them emoting. So I think it's, like, both sides, like, not discussing the things that make you sad funny enough but also not discussing the things that make you happy. Yeah, when you said, do you know what makes your parents happy or sad? The first thought I had was like, I don't think they know what makes them happy or sad. Like, they, they know intrinsically, right? But like, to be able to communicate that to you. So if you actually ask them point blank, like, what are the things that make you the happiest? They'd be like, what? You know, I because I think I actually did ask certain things like that. So I we've talked about... Um, that card game that I bought like a long time ago, the parents are human one that like has little prompts. I believe there were some questions like that that were kind of getting like deeper. So maybe it wasn't like what what brings you joy. But I think there was a question of like, you know, what was your fondest memory as a child or something like that. And they were really stumped. And they were like, can can we like pass? Because these are not things that they think about they don't like verbalize those things maybe it's cataloged in their brain somewhere but nobody asks them those things and they don't talk about them kind of voluntarily so they would have a hard time just coming up with that answer outright I will say I agree with you that I do think 
the ones you can observe are kind of obvious. Like my mom finds a lot of joy in small little things. Like if you all remember our Mother's Day podcast episode with our two moms, my mom loves bread. She straight up said, I was sure I'd be fine moving to America because I knew they eat a lot of bread and I love bread. And I was like, wow. And even her just saying that, you could see how like happy she was saying it. I'm like, wow, wow. The simplest thing in life is bringing you like so much joy. And my dad, for better or for worse, I don't know if this is good or bad, but like he's constantly chasing the new tech stuff. So like he's always buying the new Apple Watch, the like new iPhone, the new whatever. And it brings him joy momentarily, in my opinion, because he's always getting more new stuff. But like these little things, and I do think, again, it's kind of tied to like they were so in want as children. Like my parents both grew up in semi like poverty states. So the, uh, the ability to have like just an excess of whatever they want, even if it's as simple as like bread, can bring them so much happiness because it's just so opposite of the way that they were brought up and what they were deprived of. I think you were saying like keeping things even is like your new metric of happiness. And I kind of say, I kind of want to say that I also subscribe to that, but I like to keep things like even at a high level, you know, like uh, the past year I've gone through this, like making new friends, socializing, going out thing. And now I'm like honing in on which pieces of it like really sparkled for me, if that makes sense. And so I think for me, if I were to kind of ab abstract the whole experience, like happiness is like the pursuit of new experiences. And then like finding what part of those experiences really make me feel something different or something that I haven't experienced before. And that's kind of what I have been going after, refining over the last couple of years. Since I was living in Asia this last year, right, we talked about how I feel like in countries outside of the U.S., so um, a lot of East Asian countries, a lot of Western European countries, they do just value having a good life, meaning spending time with family and friends and enjoying those like simple moments, like being able to like sit in a park and have a picnic together. Like that is happiness and that's what they maximize for. And I have definitely been leaning more towards that of like those enjoying the moments that you have in life, whatever they may be. And again, I'm kind of like making it all woo woo and whatever, but like being present, right? And that's also, you don't have to be spiritual to believe in that, but like meditation is all about being present. And the best way is to be present always in your life, in your waking life, not just like when you're sitting down for your 10 minutes of meditation or whatever. That's how you maximize life is like being fully present in whatever you're doing and like fully embracing that. Hopefully it's a good thing that you're, you know, embracing, but sometimes it's not. But at least you're feeling it and you're feeling what it's like to be alive, you know. So definitely for me, there are a lot of moments in Japan where it was very simple things like you were saying, like I'm sitting in a temple meditating, but then I stop meditating. I open my eyes and I'm just looking and there's like a beautiful, you know, just like a nice breeze. I'm seeing like leaves fall off a tree. I'm like, damn, this is like pleasant AF, you know, and I'm just like, this is lovely. And I feel like that's. I'm leaning more towards those little moments as my like definition of happiness now because the flashy stuff just doesn't like do it for me anymore because I know it's not gonna stay. So it's like, okay, just enjoy like every little moment you can in life. 
I love that. I and I feel like I have been approaching things the same way, but more like simplistically. It's just like, do I really want to be there? New York is a fun bag of endless things you could do. Like you could literally be trapped in a black hole of fun because there are so many things to do. But I think that the things that I've chosen to to attend and be present at this year, I'm like, I really wanted to do. And so I had a really good time because I was like really in the headspace to try and enjoy and be fully committed and be there to like whatever it is that I, I was attempting to do. And I think that that's really narrowed the amount of things that I'm trying to do this year, but also helped me enjoy all those things like a little bit more and come out of the experience not being like, oh, about it. Well, we have a semi-related but also distinct definition of happiness for ourselves, which I think is pretty on point because it doesn't mean the same thing for everyone. So listeners, we're going to turn this to you as we close out. What does happiness mean to you? Have you defined that for yourself? If you have, go ahead and leave us a comment in wherever you're watching this currently or on social media. Because we'd love to kind of noodle on what those different definitions of happiness mean to people. And come back next week because we will have another episode for you then. And until then, bye bitches. bitches.